another edition of Bama and Bourbon with Aaron Suttles from Yay, Alabama. I'm Lance Taylor from the next round, and you are watching us on Tide Pods. Make sure you like and subscribe. It is always brought to you by our friends, and my bookie football season is back. So is winning season at my bookie. All you got to do, register for an account. Absolutely free, mybookie.ag. Make sure you put in that promo code next round, and they are going to hook you up with that welcome bonus. Is at mybookie.ag. Uh, so we'll get into the Middle Tennessee State game. Obviously, this is one of the best out-of-conference games we'll see all of college football with Texas rolling in this week. But... I gotta pop the bottle of Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest, eighteen fifty-six. So you want the backstory? This is yes. an awesome story. Let's hear it. So more than one hundred and sixty years ago, in the right. hills of Lynchburg, in Tennessee, we all know Lynchburg for what? Jack Daniel's country. Right. There was a farm owned by a young preacher called Dan Call. Now, that still stands today. Reverend Cole had a side hustle, as okay. most, most reverends do, right? Uh, he actually, on his farm, he had a small whiskey distillery. And it made silky smooth maple sweet whiskey that was highly regarded by all that tasted it. The man who distilled the whiskey, a black slave okay. named Nathan Green. Now, Green was also known as Uncle Nearest. And there he we go. brought with him a special technique of charcoal filtering that he learned back home when cleaning water in West Africa. This is a true story. Man. It's amazing. Now, this method of filtering whiskey through sugar maple tree charcoal became known as the famous Lincoln Method. It's still used today. At some time in the 1850s, a young boy came to Reverend Call asking for work. The Reverend took him on, gave him chores, but the boy became increasingly fascinated by what was going on down the road at the distillery. Eventually, after begging his master, the boy named Jasper was introduced to Nathan Uncle Nearest Green, who was told to teach him what he knew. Natural entrepreneur Jasper so believed in this whiskey, he started selling it far and as wide as he could. December 6, 1865, 13th Amendment was finally passed. Uncle Nearest was a free man. Not long after, Jasper bought the distillery, named it after himself. Though he didn't use his given name, he preferred what the locals called him, not Jasper Daniel, but Jack Daniel. He asked Nathan to be his very first master distiller, a position which he happily accepted. The men worked together until Nathan retired. Nathan's story was lost for a long time. We can only imagine why. However, a new distillery was built just down the road from Jack Daniels where Nathan's descendants work today. Quite rightly, it was named after the man who turned out to be the true founding father of Tennessee whiskey, Nathan Green, Uncle Nearest. How about that? It's a crazy story. That is a wild story. So here we go. I saw the bottle for the first time yesterday. knew nothing about it. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Hunter Proof, of course. We might as well go back-to-back weeks on that. Nearest Green Distillery in Shelbyville, Tennessee. Interesting, interesting aroma on the front end. There you go. Very sweet. Cheers. Bam and bourbon. Really sweet. Really sweet. So, color deep copper. Yeah. Uh, subtle uh, floral. Top notes over caramel, vanilla, and burnt toast. I love me some damn burnt toast. Who doesn't, right? Especially Jim Nance. Uh, it says open, sweet, and spicy. I got the sweet on the front. I'm getting yeah. spicy now. You get it on the back end. Caramel, cocoa, pepper, uh, mid-palate notes of vanilla, almond, toasted oak emerged by the back of the throat. Vanilla, cocoa, white pepper, and a soft tobacco, which I kind of get too, and I'm not a tobacco guy. Um 
Okay. I'm going to have to get used to this one. Uh, I'm sure Uncle Nearest knew what he was doing. He was saving villagers in West Africa, right? With a charcoal filtering system. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not as smooth as last week's, but I can work with it. Hunter proof. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, 56.7. Yep. I don't know what to gather from this because I've talked to... It's like people were watching different games. What I watched, I thought Alabama was solid. I think the positive was defense looks really good. Yeah. Um, Jalen Milrow didn't turn the football over. Correct. He seemed really in control. He seemed really confident. Yeah. Um, the offensive line at times looked dominant. At times, I don't know. I didn't think any of the running backs looked ultra explosive. Yeah. The receivers didn't have great separation outside of the Isaiah Bond 47-yard touchdown. I don't know. I mean, again, it's almost impossible when you're playing a Middle Tennessee State True. and you're getting ready for a Texas the very next yeah. week. Uh, overall, I mean, I would go B+. Plus. It was a 49-point yeah. I mean, they covered the spread, which I know some people yeah. are very happy about, which I had my doubts about before I this did game. Too. Just because of the style with the new clock rules, I'm like, are they going to have enough opportunities to, to cover that spread? But, look, I... I I'm with you. You can't really gain a lot because of the quality of competition. Nick Saban said this after the game, even you know, while saying, hey, look, we respect Middle Tennessee State, but the team we got coming in next week, we don't know that we're going to be able to do the same thing. But we do know Middle Tennessee State stacked the box. And so Alabama running back still ran for, I want to say, 120, 130 yards. They had 200 yards total rushing if you count the quarterback rushes yards. I think they had 205. So they stacked the box. And so what's the best way to back a defense off? Go over the top. I told you last week on this show, one of the best things about Jalen Milrow is he throws a pretty good deep ball. We saw that. Um, I think we saw some good things from him. He didn't take off and leave the pocket immediately. I think those are things that you can work with. Although, um, we saw Middle Tennessee State have a spy on him. We, I would most assuredly think Texas is going to have a spy on him. They're going to try to keep him in that pocket and make him throw the football. Yeah. Um... The, the thing about Texas, so during Nick Saban's tenure, there were three rosters that matched Alabama's talent. It was Urban Meyer's Florida Gators. It was LSU, even less miles. Those LSU Tigers <laughs> had a ton of talent, and whoever has followed up from Ed Orgeron to now Brian Kelly, and obviously Georgia and Kirby Smart. It seems like Sarkeesian. They haven't had the results because they had five losses yeah. last year, but it seems like They've got close to an equivalent roster right now with Alabama. Hey, I, I haven't looked at them that closely. I, I'm sort of in the camp. i got to see it to believe it because they're going to come in. It's going to be a hostile environment from them, for them. We'll see what happens um, if they get punched in the mouth. Because Alabama, there's one thing I did learn. They're a physical football team. Even down at the second-string offensive line, playing so hard that when they came in, the Middle Tennessee State didn't like how hard they were playing, almost started to fight. On, on after one play. Well, they're like, you're, you You guys are whipping our ass. You shouldn't yeah. be playing this hard. Well, hey, it's football. Yeah, you right. play one, Alabama plays one way. I, I like this team. I, I'm with you. I, I need to see a little bit more from, from right tackle J.C. Latham. I think he got beat a couple times on some run plays. But they were much better in pass protection than I thought they would be. Well, I'll tell you what really jumped out to me. And, again, it's Middle Tennessee State. And we have Tyler Booker on, brought to you by Creamworks. And I am great. He's awesome. One, probably my favorite interview. Dude, this laughs all the time. Smart, personable. Will answer anything. What's up, Tyler? But I brought it up to Tyler that what really impressed me, which we didn't see last year, was how clean Alabama played. Yeah. Two penalties yep. and zero turnovers. Yep. They played like that. It, they're going to be nearly impossible to beat. Yeah, and we didn't see a lot of the running backs, but I like their running backs, especially 
I thought um, that was a rotation weird. Do you not that Jace was out there first? Yeah, I, just, I, I thought, didn't see enough of Jam early on. Yeah. I thought that was weird. We saw him at that first series in the third quarter. Um, I mean, but, because it went Jace, Roy Dell, yeah. Richard Young, I think, then Justice Haynes. It was weird. Yeah, and then yeah. Jam Miller. And I don't know. I didn't have to go back and look if Jam got any carries in the first half. Maybe there was. Some I didn't sort think of, he did. But, maybe it was one. Of but those again, it was one of those games that it was like old school Bama was so yeah. boring because they were so dominant. Yeah. But I'm telling you, go back and watch. I had I had heard plenty, and everyone has, about Justice Haynes, the freshman that came in. I started him in fantasy and got like three points. But Richard Young, he's not going to get a ton of carries. But go back and watch his quickness. I mean, he hits the hole incredibly fast. And one time, he didn't get wasn't a big carry, but he left. He broke some guys' ankles from Middle Tennessee State. So I still think that's the strength of this team. And if, if Jalen can keep playing like that, teams cannot just stack the box against Alabama. You know, it's funny because on Monday – Today's only Tuesday. Yeah. But I brought up, you know, we we didn't see that go-to guy as far as a receiver. And then people were like, Amari Nyblak. And Nyblak only had two receptions. Yeah. But, boy, he looks the part. I mean, what what was he? Like in off-season and in camp, was yeah. he a guy that was turning oh, yeah. heads? Yeah, he's been since he got to Alabama. And he, he was really under. And what, where is he from? What's, what's, I want to say he's from Tampa. Okay. And he was a guy, I think, that was a three-star when, he, when Alabama took a commitment from him. He was one of those camp guys. They yeah. saw him in camp, loved him. Got on him early, or at least before all the big schools did, and, and he rode with Alabama. But he's a mismatched player when you get him out in space. In fact, I think there were a couple times they had him lined up, lined up as a wide receiver. So, and I also think we start thinking about go-to wide receivers. How many completions is is Jalen going to have? I mean, what do you? Right. I mean, he's not throwing it all over the park. Hey, so. I mean, he tossed it eighteen times. Was he thirteen of 18? 13 and eighteen? So. I think that's part of it. I'll know. tell you that that's a if if he has less than twenty attempts without getting hurt against Texas and he plays a full game, that's Alabama. a great sign. Yeah. Yeah. Means Alabama ran for about two fifty. Right, and you know you just start looking at this offense. Uh, remember this too: they weren't giving Texas anything to watch on film. That was going to be as vanilla as a game plan as you were going to see. And they still hit three deep balls against Middle Tennessee State, and that's just your personnel is better than their personnel. But the good thing is, if you're looking. Jalen stayed in the pocket, kept his eyes downfield. Now, there's a, the one, the first touchdown that he hit to Isaiah Bond, he stood in there a long time. Against Texas's front yeah. seven, you've got to have a clock in that head. So I'm looking to see if he's going he's gonna to have to make quicker decisions in that regard. So with Aaron Suttles from Yale, Alabama, I'm Lance Taylor from the next round. This is Disrupt the Media. Tell your friends, uh, like, subscribe. Again, it's on Tide Pods. We do it every single week. It's brought to you by the Beverage Place Pink Package. One-stop shop for everything from the ice to the mixers to bourbons like Uncle Nearest, which we are drinking right here, 1856. Premium whiskey out of Lynchburg, Tennessee, 100 proof, but you can pick that up there. They open early. They close late. They open every day at 9 a.m., except on Sundays where they open at noon. Get in, see Chan, all the fine folks at the Beverage Place or Pink Package. Um, so real quick, before we get back into Texas, Yay Alabama, how can people get involved if they're watching and want to support the program? Yeah, yay-alabama.com. There's different levels of membership. We need your help to secure the future of Alabama football, Alabama basketball, all sports at the Capstone. So make sure you're supporting us. Tell your friends about it. We've got great merch. I'm not wearing any today. We've got really high class polos available for sale. We've got shirts. We've got T-shirts. So uh, make sure you're supporting the entity, yay Alabama. All proceeds, 100%, go to student athletes. Uh, Quinn Ewer is going to be good. Um, we saw him against Alabama early last year. He looked the part, you know, rolling out for the first time. Well seasoned in better shape this year, and he's got really good receivers. Xavier Worthy, yep. uh, A.D. Mitchell coming over from Georgia. My question to you, Kevin Steele, is he comfortable? 
I know he's comfortable with Kool-Aid. Yeah. Is he comfortable with Terry and Arnold being on islands? I think you have to be. And look, the first play that Terry and Arnold, they went up against Terry and Arnold, what's the one thing Alabama fans complain about the most with the quarterback? They don't turn and look for the ball. What did yeah. Terry do? Turn and look for the ball. Turn and look for the ball and got his hand on it. He may have had a great interception if his hands were a little bigger, if he had to stick them on those hands. So I, I do think so. But one thing that stinks, and I think if you look at Nick Saban postgame, you can t- it tell it, it probably affected his mood some, is losing Malachi Moore and Jalen Key. And um, what are the updates? I know, you know, on the ticker last night watching yeah. Clemson and Duke, it said day-to-day. Saban said both are day-to-day. I, I think I heard it was a little more severe, maybe. I think if you're asking my non-expert opinion, Malachi is probably closer to play than Jalen, but that's just my uninformed opinion on that. Uh, but, I mean, that's two, two guys, so now you're going to have to rotate guys around. Now, because of that, Tarion might have to play star. Wow. And, and you might have to, to move some guys around. So we'll see how it develops late in the week. But against the receivers that you just mentioned, it's not an ideal situation heading into the week. Well, you know, the, the first guy that really hyped up Caleb Downs was you on our show yeah. months and months ago. Now, I know there's some people out there that follow Alabama football and the recruiting, and this guy yeah. was highly recruited, obviously. But, I mean, he was all over the field. and <laughs> Eight tackles, he led the team in tackles yeah. game one. Yeah. SEC freshman of the week, he used to hearing that. I mean, the, the kid's a stud and means a lot to him. Um, he's just a Nick Saban-type player. There are certain guys that are able to match their physical ability, their God-given ability, with the smarts, the want to, the maturity, the, the desire to get better, not take any days off. I mean, you see him every year, and those guys are tailor-made and always generally have success. At Alabama, and he's just the next in line. And I mean, to play your first game to start and lead the team in tackle, That's I don't amazing. care who you're playing. I don't care if they're playing Hillcrest down on 69 South in Tuscaloosa. For a freshman to come in and do that is pretty impressive. Well, you know, there are certain things that Nick Saban just doesn't want to answer, hypotheticals yeah. being one of those. But I remember I was doing hate coaching this years ago, and I asked him, Who was the best recruit that you ever saw that you didn't sign? And he wouldn't give me an right. answer. He didn't like. Yeah, wouldn't give me that. an answer. I was just, you know, wanting to hear something yeah. interesting. He's like, that wouldn't be fair to all the guys I recruited, whatever. But Caleb Downs seems like one of these guys that can be an all-time Nick Saban oh, yeah. guy. But if I ask you, if I put you on the spot and I was like, Nick Saban has to have from 2006 to where he is now five permanent captains. Who do you think they are? You think Bryce is one of them? I don't know. 2006 to now, Dante Hightower. Mika Fitzpatrick, C.J. Mosley. Landon Dickerson, maybe? Did he play long enough? Maybe Chance Warmack. Probably Julio. And, and yeah, now, Julio, now I'm definitely. running out of spots. I mean, yeah. Derrick Henry would be in the mix, right? I mean, he, Amari uh, Cooper. Yeah, but Julio, Julio was that first big yeah. recruit. That, yeah. that changed everything, it seemed like. I'll never forget... I mean, the Alabama, I was, we were down, that was back in the days when they, they welcomed you in the complex, and so we were there all day on signing day, and that was back when there was a, I think it was February, February signing day. That's when they used to fax, right? The entire athletic department shut down to watch the live stream on ESPN or ESPNU, whatever it was, and Julio had that yellow sweater on. And but Alabama, everybody knew where he was coming, right? They I did, forgot who it was. It was down Oklahoma. There. Okay. Alabama, Oklahoma, but there was still that seed of doubt, like, why would he come to Alabama when he can go light it up at Oklahoma, he fits their offense better, but it was he was a monumental game changing recruit. Yeah. And and ultimately had a better pro career yeah. than he did 
I would have loved to seen him in, in today's RPO. offense. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, he's so physically to block, strong. Yeah. But you get him in space with that speed, that size. Yeah. I mean, he was. And he can jump. I mean, he was just the. He was made in a lab. Okay, so I, I didn't. I didn't know much about the guy. I heard about him a little bit the last couple of weeks, but Deontay Lawson looks like he's going to be the real pretty player. good, right? Yeah. Uh, and you know what? We didn't see um, the other inside linebacker uh, whose name is escaping me right now, but it was Trez Marshall. Played a lot from Georgia. The transfer that came over. Um, I, don't, I don't know why I'm blinking on the other inside linebacker's name, but he was hurt and he wasn't didn't play in the game. But I think when he comes back in, if he comes back in and beats out Trez, you know, right now you got Deontay playing Mike. I think when the other guy comes back in, he'll he could play Will. But I think he's still going to call the defense. But you noticed there weren't any runs that got to the outside. Because like, he's speed. fast enough yeah. to cut it off, and he made tackles. And he, you just looked up, and you're like, 32, 32, 32. You notice him. Even if you're, not a, if you're, even if you're a football novice, you notice guys that are around the ball. And Deontay Lawson is constantly around the ball. Yeah, it's uh, Bam and Bourbon with Aaron Suttles from Yay Alabama. I'm Lance Taylor from the next round. Like, subscribe. It's on Tide Pods right here at Disrupt Media. Um, this is it's an interesting game from this perspective for me. I mean, not only is it a great out of conference game that came yeah. to a point last year without Bryce Young, they lose that game. But I feel really good Alabama's got an airtight defense. I feel great that the special teams are gonna be fantastic. I feel pretty good the offensive line is better. Yeah. I feel really good that the staple of running backs is really deep and you're 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 always gonna have fresh legs. The two things, and I brought it up last week, I was impressed with Jalen, game one. As you said, he threw a nice deep ball, didn't turn the football yeah. over, played with a lot of confidence, a lot of control. Seemed like it was his team. Still want to see him against yeah. better defense That's like fair. Texas. And these receivers, I want to see what they can do about. Yeah. Texas, they've got a lot of athletes in that secondary. and want to see what they're able to do against that. How do you think ultimately it plays out, Bryant Denny, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock? I think it's six. Yeah, I but think I'm it's not two. possible. Are you guys going to be there? Because every other media show in the country. Is yeah, coming. so we we just hired our 13th employee. I don't know if you met Emily Grace. Yeah, she yeah. is going to be there. She's fantastic. I mean, some of the I saw her do on camera work for Georgia Southern a couple of weeks ago before these guys decided to hire, and I was like, that girl is 21 doing that. So she's going to be down there for us. Dunaway's going to be there. I might go in a spectator role. Yeah. It just depends on what kind of tickets I can get. If not, there's a lot of good football, on, yeah. especially late night. I want to watch Auburn Cal. Here's my biggest question mark to answering your question. All the touchdowns, except for when the backups got in, I, I think I'm right on this, except maybe one, when we, there was a zone read that Jalen kept around the right edge for a touchdown uh, and Jace's touchdown. But uh, specifically talking about Jalen Miller, all the touchdowns that we saw came outside the red zone. What happens when you get in the red zone? Field shrinks. Right. And that he takes away the deep ball. Throws have tighter windows. There are more defenders in your way. So I want to see that. But Jalen is more of a threat, too, to defenses. He, he brings that. they got to defend him. Right. Running. So, but I want to see that because what cost Clemson last night? They got down in the red zone a ton of times. Well, I mean, that was miscues, just. Miscues, yeah, miscues, miscues, miscues. I just I cannot believe how sloppy they were with the football. So that's the thing. Take care of the football. Play to your, your, your defense. Nothing wrong with punting in this game. I, I don't get the sense that Texas is going to blow Alabama out. I do think Sark is good enough that his first couple of scripted series worries me. 
about getting that to a 14 nothing lead or something like that. But I do think Alabama's going to make adjustments. I, I just think everything seems to be in Alabama's favor. It's going to be a, after last season, which was not a good home schedule. They got a good home game early in the season that a lot of people are excited about. I think that sets up well for Alabama. And Texas just hasn't been in the spot a lot. Right. I, I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily important for the SEC. I think the SEC has took a proven. But, you know, this past weekend, starting with Florida, yeah. you know, embarrassing. South Carolina was embarrassing. LSU was embarrassing. Yeah. And if Texas, for whatever reason, was to go on the road and yeah. to win this game, you know, the narrative is going to be yeah, pretty much the SEC is tapped yeah. out because – you know, Georgia did. I mean, again, they blew out UT. Martin. They didn't look great. They didn't look great. No, but yeah. neither did Ohio State. Right? Ohio State didn't look great. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and both really the quarterbacks. I mean, I thought Carson Beck looked a little better than Kyle McCord. Kyle yeah. McCord looks like a major drop off from CJ Stroud. Yeah, I think. And, and look, Alabama loses this game. They're not. It doesn't really mean anything for their season. They can still get in the college football play as long as they don't get just thumped. Yeah, but even LSU getting thumped, if they run the table, yeah. they're, so they're still in. It's, it's, it's just perception. But and you don't want to have that. It's just another lump. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you have that, there's no margin for error at all yeah. if you were to lose this game. No, no, absolutely not. So, I, I, But I'm just curious, how does Texas handle this moment? And they've been pointing to it all offseason. Alabama has too, but Alabama's been in this spot of time. I just think Alabama has a question mark still at quarterback, and Texas doesn't. One more time, yay Alabama. Yeah, yay-alabama.com. Go make sure you check out our memberships. We certainly appreciate it. That's the way, the most sustainable way that you can have an, on a, have an effect on the future of Alabama games. It's, uh, it's subscribing, supporting the program, and uh, we certainly appreciate it. Hey, pour one out for Nathan Green. Yeah. Uncle Nearest. Great he, uh, story he there. Tutor Jack Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, really, Jasper Daniel wanted to change his name to Jack Daniel. The rest is history. But uh, Uncle Nearest, pick up a bottle. Special thanks to the Beverage Place Pink Package right there on Highway 280. All of your party needs for the weekend. Again, they open early, they close late. Go see Chan and all the great guys there. And, of course, my bookie. Football season's back, so it's winning season. Go to mybookie.ag. Put in that promo code next round. You will get a welcome bonus on the house for Aaron Suttles. I'm Lance Taylor. Like, subscribe. It's Tide Pods. It's Bam and Bourbon. We do it every week. If you like bourbon, we'll introduce you to a new one. Aaron and I had never even seen Uncle Nearest. Never heard of it. Now we know the story. But uh, tune in every week. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week.